0: Welcome back. This is episode 52, and it is a blog post series about Pokemon, dun-dun-dun, and another thing throwing in a nutritional post at the end. Um, before we get started, uh, this podcast is brought to you by UTKMU, Urban Tactic Krav Maga's online training platform. Get their free content though limited, or get full access to our paid curriculum. You can basically pay to see exactly what we're training as we are in the school, all the curriculum and techniques that we teach. And uh, it's an ongoing process of development, so expect more from the website. believe pricing starts from $10 a month upward, depending on what kind of access you want. As the site grows, we'll add more and more stuff, more access tiers as well. Since this is listened to internationally and our blog is read by people internationally, now you can take a look at what we're actually doing with fairly amount of ease. Hopefully, eventually I'll put some uh, Zoom classes up pre-recorded, but that'll be a while. But the more of you that support it, the more time I will have to make the site better. Otherwise, I have to work doing other jobs. Yeah. Listening to the Warriors Dead, Warriors brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions. So, why Pokemon? Well, this came about predominantly uh, because I like Pokemon, and also COVID meant that I was bored and had nothing better to do because everything was closed and and basically had to stay inside, except for the times I was running the Zoom classes, and that inevitably led me to watching the Pokemon series. Uh, I got to about season 7 or 8 out of the 25 they have now, uh, and then I got distracted with other things. So why, aside from it being one of my childhood favorites, it is a favorite for many people, age under 40 usually. And I think that the it took off globally, not just because um, cute Pokemon, but be, and the, they had a brilliant marketing strategy: games, toys, you know, TV show, everything, just inundate the world. But sometimes when you try to do things like that, they're not successful. So what made Pokemon so successful? And I think that it was one of those shows that was appropriate for all ages, that had a lot of valuable good life lessons in it. Uh, You can watch a lot of, let's say, Japanese animes or other cartoons, and they're either not appropriate for children, or they're just garbage, where they're not really teaching much or anything. Uh, And I think the series was so successful because it it spoke to a deeper level of... of, uh, making people feel good about themselves. So this is a blog post series, so I'm going to interject with the uh, blog posts about this, and I'm going to uh, expand on them a little bit. So the first one is, What Pokemon Taught Me About Losing? Here is, as it was written in the blog on April 21st. What Pokemon Taught Me About Losing? During the COVID-19 lockdowns, many people have found a lot of time to do a variety of things they might not normally had the time to focus on. For me, as many of the things I would like to do are not available or sold out, I decided to reacquaint myself with one of my childhood passions, Pokemon. Don't lie, if you are under the age of, let's say, 40, there's a good chance that you too, at one time wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when you grew up. Unfortunately, like many childhood dreams, this is one of those aspirations that is impossible in real life. (sighs) I can still dream. Aside from the many cute Pokemon like Pikachu and Togepi, and the addictive nature of trying to achieve that lofty goal of catching them all, Coupled with a brilliant cross-platform global strategy, there are numerous reasons that Pokemon was, and still is, great. While I did not think much of it as a kid, I rewatched the original seasons, at least up to a certain point, there's a lot, as well as many, many, many seasons I missed, and they are still making new ones. One of the great lessons the show teaches is that it is, in fact, okay to lose. Even as a child, I often thought that the lead protagonist, Ash Ketchum, was a terrible Pokemon trainer. This is mainly due to the fact that in the original few seasons, he didn't actually earn many of his gym badges by winning battles, but rather by following the plans of the evil Team Rocket. This means he probably didn't actually deserve much of the respect as a trainer. So what made him such a good trainer? I think it's the fact that win, lose, or draw, he would always keep going. He stayed consistent and kept a reasonably good attitude. Compare this to so many other cookie-cutter kid shows or superhero series where the protagonists always win in the end. I think Pokemon was a refreshing change as it was far more based in reality than most other shows in regards to winning. In most cases, these kid shows always result with the protagonist winning, which shelters young kids from the one and most important life skills, learning to fail. Pokemon, in contrast, showed you you could win, lose, or draw and still come out stronger. For it is only in your losses that you can learn how to improve. Only through adversity do you realize you need to change. If you only ever win and only ever achieve the best, then you may not know how truly to assess and improve yourself. A good real-life example of someone who clearly can't handle a lot would be John Jones. An amazing fighter who is one of the very best yet is chronically having issues with drugs and the law perhaps he had had he faced a loss or true adversity he might have learned to be a better person as well as a better fighter maybe had he been a pokemon trainer this is a lesson he might have been forced to learn just an add-on John Jones, amazing fighter, but in his personal life outside of it, not so great. And he has not lost, so he's just an elite individual, so they have uh, issues sometimes. Continuing, whether you love Pokemon or hate Pokemon, the fact remains that it was, and still, is a worldwide phenomenon. One that experiences a resurgence in mass popularity every few years with some new version of the game. If you pay attention, you may realize that it's a much better TV show for your child to watch than so many other cookie-cutter junk out there, as it portrays the challenges of life through, though in a fictional setting, in a much more realistic way. So whether it's for your child or yourself, revisiting your childhood love, perhaps it's time to look at Pokemon for some of its deeper lessons. Then to learn and internalize the truth that it's okay to lose, so long as you learn from it, and use the lesson to move forward and grow. No matter what your endeavors are, keep going, stay consistent, and perhaps you too will have a metaphorically catch-them-all, as you will have built yourself up to be the very best you could be, a little bit at a time. Written by Jonathan Fader. Okay, so if Ash Ketchum didn't have a problem losing, then... You shouldn't have a problem losing. This is an anxiety and a fear—the fear of losing or feel of failure—that I think is so ingrained in human behavior, and it was not made better by the '90s at least in the school systems. I remember as a kid, I don't know, grade five, six, seven, at, this is the point where they started introducing the participation ribbons. And I thought even then it was ridiculous. I've been always been like this. So it's not just a learned behavior. I thought it was ridiculous as a child because I'm like, dude, I am not an athlete. I suck. Don't give me the same as the person who's an athletic athlete. right? This idea that everyone has the same skill set, and therefore should be treated equally on that meritocracy base is a bit of nonsense. What this has actually done is created an entire generation of people who don't know how to lose and don't know how to have disagreements with people because they were cuddled. Uh, You should read The uh, Cuddling of the American Mind. By uh, Jonathan Haidt, I believe if you don't believe me, this is not just a me thing. This is a commonly held belief that people want to pretend that it wasn't a thing, is that you need to be okay with losing and you need to be okay with failing. The rule that I teach in Krama guys, uh, the only real failure in self-defense is you died. So to quote uh, the hangover, Mr. Chow, but did you die? If death is not an actual possibility, it is your nervous system most of the time that is making you panic about losing. Uh, also, you know, I saw in school system I really despise the ideology that it's all about the grades. Um, you can see the Goodhart's law with regards to that. Uh, I did a blog post on that. I'm not going to put it in this series, but it basically, if you forget that the goal of post-secondary or elementary or that is education and knowledge and understanding how to apply it in the world, and you forget it and you just want those grades, then most of the time you're going to be so focused on that that... You'll freak out if you don't get that A or even B for some people. I knew a lot of people who would like lose their shit because they didn't get a B and saw it as a fail Didn't get an A and saw it as a failure. And that's delusional. You know, and go into the working world. Nowadays, who cares what your grades were? They just, did you do a university degree? Okay, they don't check. And in fact, a lot of people don't even want to hire out of university anymore because it's been so indoctrinated. But that's another uh, side note. My point is is about failure is okay. I have, I've had students who had severe anxiety because they didn't want to look bad or, or, or uh, fail. And I'm just saying, no, it's a learning process, especially in the martial arts. You need to learn that it will come with time. For jiu-jitsu, for example, a lot of people quit because they don't see any progress. And the reality is um, that uh, it takes time, and you're going to have your ups and downs. And if you get choked out a million times, that's okay, as long as you grow and develop. Uh, I mean, the fear of failure is... It's a tough one. Nobody wants to lose or feel bad about themselves. But part of that, I think, is is that people set unrealistic, ridiculous expectations for themselves and for others that are not necessarily attainable, and therefore it creates unrealistic goals that will only shatter harder or crash harder when things, you know, go go wrong. And if you are not used to handle handling that, you are gonna freak out. So Ash Ketchum became, you know, one of the best in the world, although it kind of is like vague, but he basically does uh, in the series at least um, and in the games for sure um, because he's never afraid to lose. So that means he is more willing to get more opportunity and he's going to get more training and he's going to get more learning. I'm not talking about life or death like, say, in the Musashi days where life losing meant death, right? Again, if death is, is, is... a realistic possibility in the situation then fear is totally normal to not fear death is quite foolish right you should i think you should embrace it and accept it as part of life but to not feel fear it is is something might be wrong with your nervous system or you've totally accepted it but beyond that what do you have to lose right you know they say people with more have more to lose but they also have more resources to them so having more doesn't necessarily mean that It's the fall is going to be harder because some people fall hard and they get up just fine. And some people fall hard and that's it. And you need to learn that losing is okay and be comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling that is losing or realizing "Mm, I'm not the best, right? Unless you're like the top in the world at any given thing, of course, you're not going to be the best. And you could put in the time all you want and you could still not be the best, right? It's just how it works. This idea that you can, no matter how hard you work, you'll always be, you can be the best. No, you can be the best version of yourself, but unless you are the best, you're not going to be the best. So it, it it's, you know, people don't like to compare and that's what makes this is so hard, but failing to compare objectively and realistically, right? If you're doing, you know, want to be a hundred meter sprinter and you're running 20 seconds, a hundred meters and you're in your 30s, I don't think you're going to be getting Olympic gold. But if you keep telling yourself, if I train harder, I'm going to get there, that's delusional. Do you enjoy sprinting? Great. Keep doing it. But being upset because you're never going to be a world champion after all all the hard work is not a waste because you're the best that you have been. But don't be delusional about it. If you hit the race and lose, you can just keep doing it because you should be doing it because you enjoy it. Right. I mean, I know people who don't lose often or are naturally gifted, they often even struggle with losing because they're so used to dominating that when it happens, you'll see this all the time in, in fighting where someone has an undefeated record and then they lose and sometimes they come back stronger and they learn and those are the great athletes like say GSP and sometimes they really can't handle it like uh, I think Ronda Rousey when she finally got knocked off her pedestal, something I had actually been saying for years at that point that you know, when the right person comes along and the skill level reaches hers she's gonna get dominated and she was by a couple people so and she just kind of faded because she couldn't objectively handle it and then went just into some entertainment good for her because she makes a lot of money now but i don't think she psychologically was capable of handling the loss because she'd been winning for so long right and that's the thing you want to avoid you want to be the gsp who gets one loss and then becomes even better you don't want to be how Ronda Rousey handled it, and, and it's a, it, if you're under the pressure she was, it's completely understandable. I don't think that was a very good upbringing as far as the pressure put on her, um, but learning to lose is super important. Be better version of yourself. You don't have to be the best in the world because it's not always possible, so stop with that bullshit, but you can still learn to lose, learn to grow, and be the best version of yourself. So that's just my little input on learning to lose. It's an important skill. Oh, I should say that I've read many, many books on success by successful people, right? I still say luck is a big component to success and just belief alone and hard work is not going to get you. So there, you always need to put that there. However, the one thing that they, no matter whose book you read, there's a consistent narrative that it's from your failures that you need to learn to be better, not your successes. Because if you're constantly successful, you're not going to make changes. But when you fail and you need to learn, you'll adapt and change to be better. That's a consistent piece of advice from some of the most successful people on the planet who've written books about success is that you need to learn from your failures and learn to lose you know i know the competitors are driven but you won't get better you know the market changes you got to adapt learn that oh shit this isn't going well i gotta pivot and change if you can't do that emotionally and know that it's okay to look bad or fail so you can attain growth then you're already on your way to a better life so i think that's it for that one that was uh, what pokemon taught me about losing So, the next one in the series, arguably, is more more important, but it's related to the first one in many ways. It was, what Pokemon taught me about being okay with who I am. So here, have a listen to the original post. What Pokemon taught me about being okay with who I am. Yes, it's another Pokemon-related post, and it's not likely to be the last. I have always had an unusually rational and unexplainable, con- unexplainable confidence, though its origins remain unknown. Just do things. Now I am not saying it com- came from Pokemon, but I am not saying it didn't come from Pokemon. Wink, wink. One thing is for sure, I have always stood out as someone a little different. Maybe it's bad case of cognitive dissidence, or maybe it was my love for Pokemon, who knows? One thing for sure, though, having confidence in oneself, who you are, and your abilities can go a long way in life. It's not for the benefit of other people, it's for ourselves and how we view ourselves internally. In Pokémon, protagonist Dash Ketchum has an unusual characteristic. He never forces or even encourages his Pokémon to evolve into their higher forms. In the most famous example, his Pikachu was offered the chance to evolve into a Raichu early on using an item called a Thunderstone. Most trainers would jump at the chance because isn't the more evolved form stronger and therefore better? Well, Ash, and more importantly Pikachu, did not think so. It should be considered, though, that this may have been a marketing-based plot decision as Raichu isn't as cute as Pikachu and might have hurt the series' brand, considering Pikachu was and still is the face of the series. For whatever reason, Pikachu decided he did not want to change for the sake of others. He was comfortable with who he was. Later in the series, it was the same case for Ash's Bulbasaur. It was captured by other Bulbasaurs and taken to a secretive evolutionary ceremony. Ash's Bulbasaur decided, despite all his peers evolving, not to evolve again. He, like Pikachu, was comfortable with who he was. As it turns out, they both developed into stronger versions of themselves internally, becoming stronger leaders in their own rights, despite not evolving into the more powerful creatures. While at this time I did not think much of it, hindsight often allows us to see where we might have learned lessons that were not directly taught to us. In today's world, there is an increased pressure to conform to the narrative of society or our peers. Although that could may have always been. Similarities, society told Ash to evolve Pikachu and peers told Bulbasaur to evolve. In both cases, they were confident and comfortable with who they were, and which affronted them the self-assured mindset to become the best versions of themselves, whether or not they later chose to evolve. While you should always be the best version of yourself, that does not always mean the version other people want you to be. This does not mean you don't ever have to change. It just means that how you view yourself is one of the most important aspects of personal happiness. Or personal destruction. It will inform your confidence or contribute to the lack thereof and inspire or deter your ability to be comfortable with yourself and therefore your ability to experience strong growth. So long as you choose to be, and how you see yourself, it's not destructive, dangerous, or extremely disruptive to health and safety and well-being of others, then you should be who you want to be, and you should let yourself be happy with it. Of course, if you are not happy with what you see in the mirror, or in your thoughts and actions, then you always have the power to change into what you want. In other words, you can choose to, quote, evolve, as is common when most Pokemon are ready to change, either because they don't want to for personal reasons because they have decided it would be in the best interest of their team's success. Regardless of the motivation, the change is a choice to take action. So whether you want to be something else, or you want to be what you are, if you view yourself in a positive light, you will have a much fuller, happier life. What are you waiting for? Channel the confidence of Pikachu today and be the best version of yourself that you can, so that you too can electrify the world around you. Written by Jonathan Fader. Audio by Jonathan Fader. Okay, so... What did you think? Did it invoke great thoughts about your internal struggle? A conversation I often have with people and get much resistance about, uh, is the concept of don't compare. Right, they say don't compare yourself to others. It's only gonna make you feel upset or don't compare yourself to others because you're your best version of you and I agree. But two things can be true at once. I really believe comparison is how we view the world around us. I mean time is relative based on relative position. So why wouldn't it be the same for humans and human growth and relative to other people? I just think it's a universal. And yes, it plays on the heartstrings of your mind and, and, and can be very upsetting sometimes when you compare someone. Comparison doesn't mean that you're bringing someone down. Someone had someone did something well and you compare it to something else. If they perceive that, Maybe they're not so secure with themselves. I know that's the common belief. Oh, if someone says something to compare, they're just trying to bring you down. Not necessarily. And maybe they are, but maybe they are doing it positively, as in they're trying to make check your ego. And sometimes um, it could be simply to give context, right? someone comparing it means yes you did something that's great and it's better than what they did sometimes they compare it and it's what they did is better and that'll give you context where people don't like it is they just want that sense of achievement which is great you achieved that thing now what if you don't compare it to your best or others how do you know relatively you know where you are right this brings out the question of how do you feel about yourself being okay with who you are and having confidence in yourself it It matters, right? Um, Comparison and negative self-talk. Don't be negative. Really, when it comes to happiness, I think is about don't have negative self-talk. If you're shitting on yourself internally, it's going to destroy you way more than someone shitting on you. If you have confidence, who cares what they say? You know, an example is like you know, mom insults. I never got mad at people who I barely know who are insulting my mother because I just know they're being an idiot. But if they insult my mother and they know her, I would be very upset because I know they know what they're saying is not true, right? It's all about understanding Yourself, does it really bother them? Why does it affect my ego or my pride or my if they're insulting my mother out of anger? And I don't even know these people. Who cares? Why should it affect your ego so much, right? You should have that internal happiness about yourself. Say, no, I know they're wrong because whatever it is, right, about your mother that you know they're not. Don't let that get to you, right? This whole thing about honor. Uh, and uh, as a means to being whatever i don't like it because it's going to cause you to have negative self-thoughts more than anything else because now you have to uphold something that you don't want to do right i think maybe it's a little off tangent but you need to be okay with who you are Whatever that means. And if you're not okay with who you are, that's okay too because you can change to be who you want to. And it's not always easy and sometimes it's extremely difficult, especially if work and family. But you can do it a little bit at the time. If you're not happy with who you are, how is everyone else going to be happy, right? You can be totally happy on your own. Of course, external pressures can bounce you off your course and then if you're happy on your own, it's going to be better or not on your own, happy with yourself rather, you'll be better than sitting there wallowing in your own self-pity that you're not happy with who you are. Right. If that's if you're doing that for months on end, you should probably see a professional to see what you can do to get out of that. But you need to be go, happy with the, who you are. That does not mean to say that other people's criticism of you or your behavior is not valid. But you have to ask: Do you care? And does it matter? Right? Um, because no one is going to be liked by everybody, and that's a bunch of nonsense. The more you try to be liked by everyone, the more of a fool you're going to look like. Um, so. You have to be liked by the people that you want to be liked by and if they don't respect you back who gives a shit? you know and it's relative to every relationship is different of course because what was respectful for one friendship or group is not the same for other people so you need to know these dynamics right but if you uh, people in your life are telling you something about you that you like you they don't like this about you but you're totally happy and it's not like dramatically negatively affecting anyone who cares get different friends then um you know, If they're generally trying to help you though and you're communicating to them why you'd like them to not bother you about it, and then you continue, that's a totally different thing. Of course, it's failure to communicate and acknowledge and then they're just projecting. But anyways, and then the other one is if they're telling you something and you're not happy with who you are about that, then change it, right? If everyone tells you something, there could be some point to it or they could be getting you uh, trying to conform. I don't like this generic... Oh, if everyone's telling you something, it must be true, right? It might be true, and it might not even matter. Everyone could be telling you to change because you're not conforming, but what your non-conformity is more beneficial to you in the world than being conformist. So it really depends on what you want. Do you want to conform to other people, or do you not? Right, If you're one of these Instagram people who's miserable on the inside and always trying to do what everyone wants uh, to get views, then I think you might be doing it wrong. If you do it for the sake of you like doing it, you enjoy doing it, and you have fun doing it, and you're happy about what you're doing, then great. If your fans and your mobs are yelling at you, insulting you to the point that you don't give a shit then either don't give a shit what they're saying fuck those people for example or you um do give a shit and as long as you're happy with it then it's fine but if you're the angry internet mob whether it be the woke mob or not is yelling at you about something you know ask yourself does it matter do I care I'm doing this for me and if people like to enjoy it then great that's really the right attitude I think to do it you jumping through hoops from the fans all the time is not so great if you can't as a person sustain it and you're making yourself miserable right also don't be a keyboard keyboard warrior you fucks get off the internet then i think it's just completely wrong that we've allowed that kind of bullshit to go on right and the cancel culture it's a bunch of nonsense but you know being okay with who you are is super important that does not mean that it's okay to be super unhealthy and you're happy with that now you're just it's a bit delusional right be healthy and be happy with yourself don't sit there saying i'm happy with myself i don't need to be healthy and then you drop dead of a heart attack and then costs other people a lot of like come on that's just being selfish what i'm saying is that if you're healthy and doing the best version of yourself you need to be happy internally whether people like it or not you have to decide do i care do i need 30 friends do i need one friend Lord. Be the best version of yourself, right? Pokemon taught us that, that being okay with who you are is super important. As long as you can start with that, you can grow and be better, right? And it's complicated. And there's a lot of white noise and bullshit out there, especially in the psychology field of wishy-washy people. Honestly, most people who are psychologists, psychiatrists, or talk about it shouldn't shouldn't have anything to do with it. They haven't even sorted their own shit out. So who are they to talk to other people sometimes, right? I'm not talking about... Um, uh, like, just PTSD from being a psychologist or therapist after a while. That can happen. That's a very specific situation. I'm saying people go into it with the idea that they're going to learn how to fix themselves. They don't end up fixing themselves, and then they start projecting onto others their bullshit because they couldn't get their shit together, right? So, it's complicated, right? But you need to be happy with who you are, so long as you are healthy and happy Who cares what other people say? But if you do know that you're the one who can change it, not them. So there you have it. Pokemon be okay with who you are. So the next one is what Pokemon taught me about nutrition and health. And I should just say, before I add on, I'm going to put in uh, two podcasts, one of the Pokemon one, and one actually just about generic nutrition uh, supplements specifically, Um, So the first one is What Pokemon Taught Me About Nutrition and Health, and the second one is called The First Line of Defense. So have a listen. What Pokemon Taught Me About Nutrition and Health? Oh yeah, this is the last one, I promise. For a while. This is the third in a series I like to call What Pokemon Taught Me. The first being What Pokemon Taught Me About Losing, and the second What Pokemon Taught Me About Being Okay With Who I Am when i was young i was out of shape and overweight not obese but overweight enough that the teens used to tease me eating properly wasn't a foreign concept in my house growing up but based on my knowledge now i can say it really wasn't put into practice in the 90s it was very common and acceptable to a lot eat a lot of prepackaged sugary snacks because they were cheap and easy for parents As in the decade more than ever, it was common to see households with two working parents. At one point, I'm not certain what age, the most frequent meal I ate was macaroni and cheese. Yes, it's delicious, but so bad. And several cans of Coca-Cola. Kids can be mean, and of course, I was always seen as the chubby kid. I was by no means obese, but carried enough extra weight for it to be noticeable. In eighth grade, I made a mental shift. I stopped eating poorly. Though my eating habits weren't perfect, I still ate crappy school cafeteria burgers. I did manage to stop drinking Coke for several years. But some improvements is better than nothing. I also spent the summer working out every day. The difference was noticeable. I felt good, and I was happy. This change came from within, not from an example set at home. I often wonder where it came from. Now, I'm not saying it came from Pokémon, but I'm also not saying the opposite. On this one, though, I think it might have actually come from Pokemon. In September of 98, when I started grade 6, the series came out on television in North America. At the end of grade 8, it would have been about uh, 2001, which means I was exposed to Pokemon TV show for about three years at this point, which, if my memory serves me, might have been one of the few shows I watched that actively discussed nutrition in its concept. Content, albeit casually. You see, in order to be a good Pokemon trainer, the thing I really wanted to be, but knew I couldn't, you needed strong Pokemon. This meant eating well and training hard. The training component is obvious, the main component of the show, but as early as the first season, Pewter City gym leader Brock, a friend of the series protagonist Ash, regularly discussed the fact that what you feed your Pokemon makes them stronger. Well, some Pokemon do not want to evolve to their next form, the ones that do will first need to be strengthened through training and nutrition, unless, of course, they need an evolution stone, which is fine. Some people need a little extra help sometimes, too. This means that to be the best version of your Pokemon self you can be, you must eat the proper food and train regularly. This message, it seems, got into me, and after enough exposure, it clearly clicked in my head. So as mentioned... At the minimum, I cut out the foods I knew were not great for me. I still did not know how to cook, which makes a huge difference, learn to cook, but I was still making progress in a positive direction. Later, when I was getting ready for the army many, many years ago, I started taking meal plans a little more seriously, in addition to my regular training. Just like the Pokemon, you need to be fairly consistent with your diet and exercise in order to grow stronger and healthier. Of course, as with Pokemon, your training and battling needs to become a lifestyle. Doing something you hate will not be a happy process, which means it is likely to fail. While you may realize logically and rationally that you need to change your diet and exercise regime, which you should be obvious if if what you have been doing isn't getting you what you want, it also needs to be enjoyable. This is why, even in Pokemon, you see them eating sweets sometimes, but usually they are eating fruits and vegetables, and Pokemon food designed specifically for them. Make the new routine enjoyable, and you will be more likely to stick to it. I think you get the point. If you want to be healthier and happier, in most cases a scientific connection, then you need to make smart dietary and physical choices to be the best version of yourself that you can be. So, channel your inner Pokemon whether it's Pikachu, Magmar, or Articuno, and make the changes you need to today. Written by Jonathan Fader. Audio by Jonathan Fader. Unless you have been living in a cave in a jungle, you will be aware that the world is experiencing something different. Yes, COVID-19 certainly different, yet oddly familiar. You may also be frustrated by the fact you are having difficulty assessing what is true and not true with regards to this virus. They say, listen to the experts, but then change their minds because they do not actually know enough initially, at least on policy, to make fully informed decisions. But I am not writing today to debate this, rather, I wish to talk about something I do know for sure. COVID has shown that when it comes to the potential of death, or the loss of life of loved ones, humans will act to avoid this at all costs. Our fear of the unknown, or more specifically, our fear of death, is so deeply ingrained in our psyche that it, along with bad or confusing advice, will cause mass panic. There are things we can prepare for in life, and there are things we cannot. When it comes to COVID, or any virus for that matter, it's actually a bit misleading to say we cannot prepare for such things, because we can. As an individual, the best course of action to prevent premature death is to be healthy. Stay active and keep an eye on your dietary choices. For the average person, this means that your best bet, in general, to avoid premature death, aside from accidents, is to take care of yourself physically, mentally, and nutritionally, so that your immune system is strong as it can be to fight off any would-be invaders. I've written about this before, stating that eating well and staying active is the best place to start, but maintaining good nutrition also means ensuring your body is getting everything it needs. If I walk into a doctor's office seeking nutritional advice, they may just provide generic information that might not suit me. Yet there is one thing you can do for sure. Make sure you eat your greens and take your vitamins. Brackets. The ones you actually need, not the ones the guy in the store said to buy. Bracket. So how do you start? Well, the easiest additions are vitamins and minerals that have consistently been shown across numerous studies to be good for you. These would be things like vitamin C, D, and iron, etc. And no, they will not cure COVID. But what nutritionists like this do will help you and your body in better shape to fight off any virus so that you can worry a little less about premature death due to health issues. Fact. For COVID, the largest at risk group are those considered elderly, average age of 65 plus. See the death rates for these age groups, also devastated the spread when COVID gets into old folks' homes. For those who are younger, the number one risk factor is obesity, being unhealthy, essentially. So, other than avoiding aging brackets, which so far we cannot brackets, your best bet for the current or next pandemic because there will be one, is to consider these questions. Am I getting enough physical activity? Do I try my best to eat whole foods and a balanced meal most days, say four to six days a week? Is my body receiving proper levels of vitamins that I need for optimal performance? Bracket. As noted, start with C, D, and ensuring that you have proper iron levels. Beyond this, optimizing your body through nutritional can be complicated, requiring a variety of tests, trial error, and money. Supplements are expensive. Most of us should start with a good balanced diet plan, but some of us may need a boost for whatever reason. Unfortunately, some will find they have bodies that do not like to play nice, refusing to absorb nutrients correctly. Vitamin C, ascorbic acid, is water-soluble. You just pee out the excess. It is a modest immune booster it is readily available and it is cheap bracket this is why i say it's a great place to start bracket vitamin d ergocalciferol d2 i know i can't pronounce that and cholecalciferol sc- d3 is often considered a happy drug as it can c- impact mood the sun feels good and is very useful for general health regulations. In a place like Vancouver, it is quite common to have lower than ideal levels of vitamin D, bracket, plus high levels of seasonal depression, bracket. However, in a place like California, you may get enough by just being outdoors. One thing to remember is you can take too much vitamin D, so be careful and look into tests for your levels first. Iron deficiency is a common for a variety of reasons, especially in women. It can lead to weakened or anemic body, which in turn will mean a reduced immune system. One of my students said the best way to see if you have low iron is to donate blood, because they test it for free and will let you know. A nice perk for helping save lives. Though direct iron testing is readily available, simple and important. You might not even need to take supplements. It may be a simple matter of adding more protein to your diet. I am not an expert in these things. The last thing that can help really your immune system prepare to fight attacks is managing your stress levels. The easiest way to do this is to make sure you are getting enough sleep. While some 2.5% of the population hit the genetic lottery, requiring 4-6 to six hours of sleep a night, most of us normal people need a solid 8-10. to 10. The amount of research on sleeping impacts immunity is so extensive, it really is no longer theory, but rather fact. Back to the other paragraph. I am not an expert on these things. Bracket. Probably one of the most used words these days, other than COVID and stay at home. Bracket. But I am someone who has investigated these topics myself through primary sources rather than mainstream media. But I understand how daunting navigation of health and nutrition information can be considering all of the conflicting data. This is why I present the most basic, cheapest, and easiest ways to start that is also backed by more studies than I care to read. So in preparing for the next pandemic, rather than running in fear and panicking, ask yourself, have I optimized my body so that it has the strongest immune system I can have? Or are you just sitting around waiting to be told what to do when it is too late be honest written by jonathan fader and edited by Corey owens okay so i hope you enjoyed that so of course let's start with the the pokemon one right again what you see when you're younger heavily influences your choices if your parents are regularly having you making homemade healthy snacks and foods and teaching you how to do it, you're going to have a healthy, happy, nutritious life. More than if someone is just handing you a box of uh, Fruit Loops or something every morning because they can't be bothered to, to, to take the 10 minutes to cook some eggs. I mean, come on, man. Or oatmeal. Pour some damn water in it. You can add other stuff, of course, but come on. Right? In the absence of that, kids get their information from the internet, TV or Netflix nowadays because TV's kind of dying, and of course, their peers. But if you're a parent, shouldn't you want your kids to be watching and being, getting influence from things you know to be reasonably good? So Pokemon was great in that sense that it really was one of the first shows to show me how to eat nutritionally or even think about it. And I did make the changes, as you heard in the, in the blog post right and there's too many of these shows are just you know not doing that again we forget it may be a cartoon, but there could still be life life lessons. It could be teaching positive things. So you have to think about these things. You can't just put on junk shows that you know with a baby that's just flashy colors. It's not teaching them anything, right? So you need to make sure that they're getting that. And nowadays, I don't know what the hell is going on with society that seems to think that it's okay to be unhealthy or not eating well. It's ridiculous right? Especially if you want socialized health care. I've talked about this before. You're actually costing other people a lot of money because you don't want to get healthy, right? And nobody's saying you have to be stick thin. You have to be healthy for you, whatever that means, whatever your weight class, right? And then, you know, a body mass index is not the best indicator either. Those things tell me I'm obese and I'm not, right? And half the time I have, you know, a six, eight pack. So how could I possibly be obese? It's just, I'm short, I have dense bones, which those things don't account for. So I'm heavier for my height then i should be so but i'm not fat or obese so you have to be careful what you're using to determine right is your blood pressure good is are you exercising regularly are you you know reasonably toned i bet you know you don't have to be like dramatically but if you're not if you're toned a little bit that's good right this idea that not you have to be toned all the time or like body ready no but you can, of course, learn to maintain it with, with strict dieting and exercise or lifestyle, I should say, right? But what's your goal? I'm sorry if you're five six, me, and you're 300 pounds. You're doing it wrong. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And I personally don't care how that makes you feel. You know it's not right. Do something about it. Nobody says it's going to be easy. Nobody said that. It's going to be hard. But if you drop, when you can't pick up your grandkids when you're, you know, in your 50s, let's just say hypothetically, because you're out of shape, that's not a good way to live. I'm sorry. Don't tell me that is. Uh, You're just lying. So it's very important to understand nutrition and eating well and exercising. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll be able to do more things and it will just be an overall better life. And I understand you know in the states it's definitely a little harder to get healthier food all over the place, um, but that's because nobody not enough people are buying it. Go buy the healthy food and supply and demand will change everything. Which relates to the other one, which is uh, the first line of defense, which was more about you know vitamin C and D. It's the start of like nutrition. You need to know. You know, I honestly think the healthcare system. Let's start with Canada because it's paid. It's it's uh, you know mostly paid for basic stuff. The fact they're not running extensive nutritional blood work mixed in with genetic testing every year for everybody to see what kind of diet and nutritional. Requirements individuals need to prevent people from getting sick is insane. You know, I know Joe Rogan and other people brought this up during COVID. The, n- the media was ignoring being healthy. If you're worried about flu, cold, COVID, be healthy, eat healthy. Make sure you're getting appropriate supplements, vitamin C and D, as I talked about. I use those. There's tons of other stuff. But those are pretty much definitive as they're good for you. Vitamin C, for example, will help you with um, fighting off colds. And just writing, and one of the links is to Harvard uh, Education, Can Vitamin C Prevent a Cold? I'll just read this out. This is uh, Harvard Health Letter, published uh, January 2017. Uh, on their uh, medical website, health.harvard.edu, slash cold, etc vitamin C and D. Uh, so I'll just quickly read through this. It's not too long. Vitamin C is often touted as a natural cold remedy. The nutritional nutrient is featured in supplement promoting boost immune system. Nobel laureate Dr. Linus Pauling famously claimed that taking doses of vitamin C helped thwart a cold. Is there something to these claims? The data shows that vitamin C is only marginally beneficial when it comes to the common cold, says uh, Dr. Bruce Ballistein, chief of clinical nutrition, Harvard study, affiliated Beth Israel, etc. Our bodies don't make vitamin C. We need it for immune function, bone structure, iron absorption, healthy skin. We get vitamin C from our diet, usually citrus, fruit, strawberries, green vegetables, and tomatoes. The recommended dietary allowance for men is 90 milligrams per day, and women, it is 75. Except I know people take way more. Um, So let's just look at the impacts of cold. The the most convincing evidence to date comes from a 2013 review of 29 randomized trials with more than 11,000 participants. Researchers found that among extremely active people, such as marathon runners, skiers, and army troops doing heavy exercise in sub-arctic conditions, taking at least 200 milligrams, the more active are, the more you need. Uh, Vitamin C every day appears to be cut the risk of getting a cold in half. But for general population, taking vitamin C did not. So I'll expand on that. This is just looking at one thing specifically. More encouraging, taking at least 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day did appear to reduce duration of colds by an average of 8% in adults and 14% in children. Do you see uh, the idea why it can be confusing? Because they're saying if you're in shape, surprisingly it's highly more effective now i think personally here their doses they're using are way low because you guess what you can take a lot of vitamin mean, i know lots of healthy people who take thousand two thousand three thousand milligrams a day it's no problem you just pee it out right let's see if i can find it i forgot to pull it up uh Rhonda patrick if you don't know who she is is an amazing researcher she doesn't necessarily do her own but she compiles based on uh other people's research um you can find her on found my fitness uh and she does a, a long series on vitamin c and i was listening to it and and to sum it up here uh, her um the vitamin c post i mean i listened to a podcast on it a while ago i forgot but the post foundmyfitness.com dash topics dash vitamin c oh it's got extensive she is great yeah i mean it's very scientifically dense so i you might get bored, but just understand that she's doing a very good job independently doing her stuff. But her the podcast I was listening to a while ago basically summarizing. basically said, if you take vitamin C every day, I forgot the dosage, but it was more than that Harvard study. And then you feel you're getting sick and then you take extra dose of vitamin C. It will dramatically help you, meaning that you need to, your body needs to know how to handle it, maintain good levels of vitamin C. If, of course, she was saying that you never take it and then you try to cramp it down the cold, your body won't know what to do with it per se, and the effects will be annoying. So really what it's saying, all these things are saying, be healthy, make sure you have good vitamin C levels, you will do very well. Um, Vitamin D, you can overdose, though it's you know a little harder, you have to take a lot. Again, I should have pointed out, I'm not a nutritionist at this, I'm just based on my own research and my knowledge, and oh, by the way, the vitamin C thing, I have done that and it's worked. You can usually tell when I'm about to get sick and I've already taken vitamin C daily and uh, take a massive dose and it, it goes away really quickly. So with vitamin D, it's super important. Your best source, of course, is the sun, but you do have to worry about, because uh, your body can produce it. You uh, have to be careful uh, that you don't get burned, you don't get you know UV rays, etc. But we need it and that is the best source of it. And of course, vitamin D helps with things like seasonal depression, right? Seasonal depression um, is the link that I gave in the blog post, maleclinic.org, right? Male clinic's pretty well known, right? Seasonal affective disorder, SAD, is a type of depression that's related to changes in seasons. SAD begins at the ends about the time every year. If you're most people with SAD, your symptoms start to fall and continue with the winter months. Basically, we need vitamin D. If you take vitamin D regularly and higher in the winter months, you will feel better. Trust me. Or don't. Do your research. Vitamin D is something you can readily experiment with yourself. It's very cheap. And, you know, again, you have to take a lot to overdose. But do look up what's appropriate for your body type. And I do think the doctor-recommended doses often are low, right? I'm not a doctor, so don't necessarily take my advice. But then when you actually look at nutritional experts, they're usually taking way more than the doctors are recommending and having uh, no problems. Of course, if you're taking anything higher levels that you think you should be, you better be getting blood work to check in on how you're feeling, right? So both with Pokemon and this is indicating that you need to eat healthy. If you eat healthy, you take proper vitamins and of course the best source is through your food, but that's not always possible. Then you need to, you know, do what you need to do. You'll be healthier, able to fend off colds, able to fend off flu. If you're young and healthier, stop media bullshit. Yes, young people die from COVID. Okay, young people die from everything. But if you compare it again, that we don't want to compare to the other younger, healthy people with no underlying conditions are more likely to be fine. I'm sorry, but when 40% of America is obese and they're ignoring the fact that that's a huge factor and that's the more likely people are dying because of that. Or they're older with compromised immune systems. Come on. So, if you're young, you're healthy, you take your vitamins properly according to what you need, of course, and you know, you eat healthy, exercise, you are going to be able to survive almost most viral or external affections. Your body needs to be able to do what it needs to do. You know, of course, we could get some crazy mutant virus that it's irrelevant because it operates in a different level, and of course, in which case then you should be panicking a little bit, but so far we haven't seen anything like that. And remember, viruses need to adapt. They have to give up something to be able to take something, so they want to spread fast. Their, their mortality rate is going to be lower. If they have a really high mortality rate, usually they're not going to spread as fast. Right? Something like uh, Ebola is like, I don't know, 40 or 50 percent mortality rate but it doesn't spread very quickly and it's easy to isolate right so you know you need to look into your viruses a little bit better before you start ranting and raving online about things you might not quite understand but one thing that is easy to understand be healthy take your vitamins eat healthily you will survive better this is not really debatable at this point and the media and the internet need to stop it's not debatable Okay, it's just not. There's just too much evidence, too much rationale, reasonable. Stop being irrational about the fact you're not healthy and you don't like the fact that you're not healthy and then you just blame other people. No, get off the couch, go exercise, start slow, of course, hire people if needed. There's lots of great online programs from very reputable people that will make it easy for you, right? So there is that be healthy, eat healthy, take your vitamins as needed, right? Anyways, that's kind of what Pokemon taught me. How to lose gracefully, how to be okay with myself, and how to eat nutritionally, along with that other additional article, although not in detail if I learned over the years again. So before you sit your kids down in front of any TV or educational thing, you have to ask, is this... What I want my kid to be watching is there actually inter- educational value or is it just entertainment? Right? If it's just entertainment, is not the best thing for your developing minds. Right? I again, I don't really have a problem. I have people like old generational changes. Um, the problem is. Uh, you know, you read a book, don't play a video game. Except the thing is, it's all about developing curiosity, imagination. It's about developing things. So, uh, to me, a, a well made video game where they have to read, write, problem solve, a well made TV show where there's moral lessons or other lessons is no different than a book. Right. So this idea that you can only get it from traditional methodology needs to stop, whether it be a video game, whether it be, uh, you know, TV show or a book. Right. It's about the ideas, about the growth, about about. So make sure the content that your children are getting is actually providing some benefit. Right. Do you see moral values that you like for your child to learn in the TV show or is it just a bunch of nonsense? Right. Show them stuff right? that you want. Yeah, of course, when they get to a certain age to go to a friend's house, you can't necessarily control it. But if they've been taught properly from you and given good guidance, good education, good good programs to watch, good educational stuff as well, I need to have a mix of fun and, and, and learning too. But it, it, you can learn from everything. And when your kid goes somewhere else, they'll have the content and maturity, hopefully, to be like, no, I'm sorry, I don't really want to do this, or I don't really want to watch that show, or I don't really want to eat that. It's, it makes me feel sick, right? Um, you know, of course, garbage is fine once in a while, but not every day. So you just have to manage. I mean, one or two, if you have, say, health wise, good metabolism, you can have garbage once or twice a week, and you'll probably be still all fine as long as you're doing all the other stuff. Right? You need to enjoy life too, right? Give your kid or you one thing that you know is not good for them, but isn't destructive, of course, that they enjoy so that they have that. And then you balance it out, right? So don't hate on Pokemon because it taught me a lot and it's quite an enjoyable series. So there you have this blog post series, mostly about Pokemon and what it taught me even a little bit about nutrition. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Warrior's Day. Listening to the Warriors Dead. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions.